Guys, here, here's we got something going on. I, I needed this this morning, man. I, I, for some reason, man, I've been struggling with fatigue and things like that. We had a, you know, for those of you who are with the uh, devoted, uh, the, the, like part of the devoted party who stayed through the devoted series for a long time, we had a, uh, a really neat bonfire. I think we may have broken a couple of laws with that, but... But it, it, we didn't get caught, so it's cool. Actually, I had Shay Davis uh, texted on Facebook and said, is that you guys? I thought a house was on fire. So, and the cool thing is all these microphones smell like smoke. It's really good. So they're, so they're like smoking and singing at the same time. So that's kind of, kind of a neat deal. So. Hey, um, I want to, before we get started, man, you guys know we are looking at the book of Acts, and we're going to be talking about a little bit about discipleship today. Um, we have a very good buddy of mine, um, um, Ed Garvin, who is, man, if you don't know Ed, Ed, come on up, man. I want to want to introduce you. you. guys probably know Ed. Ed serves in Kid City a bunch. Um, you know, this is, uh, and, and Ed got, we, you know, we had a discipleship conference uh, a couple weeks back, and, and Ed got, got kind of his bell rung a little bit, and his, his, his world rocked, and wants to just tell you about it. So I'm going to sit down and listen. Ed Garvin. I'm going to talk about discipleship, the process we go through at New City, what it means to me, what it means to my family, and that is all of it. That's the first thing I learned. Look how many brothers and sisters I have. Look how many nieces and nephews I have. Look how many grandchildren I have. Because I can pick up the phone anytime, and I can call one of these people and say, this is what I need. And without asking, without instruction, they show up. That's love. I was introduced to Jesus Christ 42 years ago, but I didn't walk with him, so I was dead. I was baptized 25 years ago, but I didn't walk with Christ, and I was dead. So during the discipleship conference, we were asked to write down critical questions, so I said, if he is the great I, the great I am, who am I? Who, who am I? And I started writing down, you know, I'm a boss, I'm a dad, I'm a father. I am all these things the world sees me as. But two years ago, I was invited into a disciple group at New City Shawnee. And with five men, we walked every day. When I mean every day, we would text and say, what did you read today? And nobody went to sleep until you heard from Ed. And if Ed said, I read the same thing yesterday, we said, that's not, what did you read today? How did God impact your life today? The accountability portion was phenomenal. And I began to walk with the Lord. And now I'm alive. And now I'm alive. Financially, I have never been worse off. Seriously. Never worse off. Lost 60% of my company last year. But, because of all the brothers and sisters I have, and Christ walking with me, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm here with you guys. We can always make more money. We can always do something different. So my entire list here of I was a dad, I was this, I was that. When you go through this discipleship program, you start off with, your Jesus experience. For some, it's immediate. 
It's young, and you're walking, and thank God that has taken place. For some of us, it takes 55 years. But he's waiting for us. He is waiting for us. So that's what you do in the first phase. In the second phase, you get to unpack who you really are. Okay? So Ed Gartman, I've been married three times. I've walked away from two sets of children. We're all reunited because I have a godly wife. Um, but I am a lying, cheating, thieving, adulterer, blasphemer, alcoholic, drug-using fool. So once you get to repent honestly with God, because he already knows this stuff, then you get to move it to the rearview mirror. It is behind you. This is what he died for. And every time I revisit it, he cries a little bit. Because it's a clear view. He's given us a clear view. So this is what I'm going to close with. I have not started a discipleship even though I've been released. I went to phase three. I've got the tools. I know all the shapes. Come on, it's New City. We've got squares. We've got triangles. We've got circles. Casey's coming out with a parallelogram. He's coming out with a parallelogram. Uh, but I have been released, but I am not in fellowship with anybody outside of my family. So if you have been released, if you're interested in joining the group, I'll be around after service because I think it's important that we walk with our brothers and sisters so we stay alive. My name is Ed Garvin, and I am a child of God. Yeah, buddy, it's about to be on, man. I'm telling you. Thank you, Ed, very much. Yeah, dude, that's, that's fantastic, fantastic. Guys, we are... Continuing in the book of Acts, everybody uh, knows we've been in this for a little while. We are saying again that we are, uh, we are in the series called More. We know about what more is, and I ask this every week. Guys, if, if you had one word to describe God, it would be more. Because no matter what you say, he's a father, he's more of a father. If he's a provider, he's more of a provider. He's a healer, he's more of a healer. He's, no matter what you can describe him, he is, he is more. Amen. And so, man, this is, the, this is the thing we've got going on. You know, last week we talked about our, 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 the vision that God has laid on us. This is who you are as a church. And last week we, we talked a little bit, started introducing that. I'll talk about that here in just a, just a second. But it's important that we understand that these visions that God has given us of who we are as a church, that they are not negotiable. Like, like it's not, these came from God and this is the, basically I'm simply communicating the message and so we're doing a lot of different things to help us understand what that means and who we are. And last week, you know, we talked about the fact that we have a vision that we know every person and every person knows that they are known. This is why we've got the sign-in sheets, that kind of thing, man. Make sure you sign your name in and pass it down. That kind of thing is a whole lot of reason we're doing that. We want to get to know you and eventually at some point we want to be able to connect with absolutely everybody. And by the way, uh, one of the things that like recently I wound up at somebody's house that well, I wasn't supposed to go because I said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll swing by your house in a little while. And, 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 and somebody, you know, it's, we have like our people's addresses in our system. I looked it up on the system, went to the wrong house. I'm like, hey, uh, my bad. Uh, 
you mean my friends ain't here, y'all? You know, and they're like, no, they moved out like a couple months ago. And I call them, hey, where do you live? Oh, shoot, I forgot to tell you, you know. So if you have information that has changed, we try to communicate with absolutely everybody. This is one of the things we want to make sure we do is we connect and communicate with absolutely everybody. So if you have information that may have changed from the last time you gave us information, we want to make sure we have the correct email, correct address, correct social security number. Oh, I'm just kidding. But... But we definitely want to make sure that we have those kinds, of, those kinds of things. And on your Connect cards, by the way, you have a Connect card in front of you. Here's what I want you to do. This is an important thing. It's kind of a little bit from last week. If you're interested in serving, if you're interested in doing uh, parking, if you're interested in coffee, if you're interested in, uh, you know, Kid City, anything like that, if you're interested in being on what we call the Connect team, which helps connect people to New City and get people plugged in, if you're interested in being on the Care team, which helps to care for those who we want to make sure everyone is cared for, Put that on here. Also, if I talked and I talked to you guys about this last week, that we're going to do something that is that one of the best weekends we're going to have is next is this coming Sunday, a week from today. We're going to do something called blessing baskets, and we're we're supplying Thanksgiving dinner for twenty one families in the Edgerton area. I mean, it's a really cool thing. Here's what I need you guys to do. I need you guys to volunteer to do that. One thing I forgot, that was a big miss I missed last week. So make sure, hey, you know, I'd like to be a part of that. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to buy the turkey. The church is going to buy the turkey. We're going to invite families after church to go buy a a grocery list of stuff. And if you want to add some other stuff in the basket, that's cool too. We're going to bring those things back, pray over those, distribute those things, invite people to what the, the those families that we distribute that that food to invite to what they call what we call rekindle at five o'clock which is just a worship night man it's going to be an amazing time also next week and by the way would you guys like to do that i mean that's a cool thing to do that, that we do and it was a it was beautiful last week and th- and this coming week too we've got uh, something called the Thanksgiving offering. And, and this is where we tell people to bring your tithes in your storehouse. Like this, if you're going to give, man, like, like pray over this. We're going to have envelopes for you before you leave today, as you leave, that are going to be given to you. We're going to need the ushers to make sure they do that. They're going to be given to you for you to take um, home and pray over. Now, here's what I'm going to challenge us on as far as the, the giving. We're not like a money-grabbing church or anything like that. Financially, we're doing really well. I mean, like, like good, man. It's not, a, not an issue, can we pay our bills or we're struggling or anything like that. Guys, we've got people coming, visitors coming every week, people giving generously. It's, really, it's not even about any of that stuff. This is not a money grab, amen? Here's the thing I want you to be thinking about. If you feel that New City Church is not the place that you want to give to, do not give to the New City Church. But I want to challenge you to give it to someone, to some cause that is important to you. That This is not about you giving money to this church. Give it to someone. However, if you decide, you know what, I don't want to give uh, money to New City. I don't want to give this offering to New City. Would you call me about that and tell me why? And here's, I'm not going to be like, well, yeah, but, but we serve and we disciple. It's not about that. I want you to tell, I want to be, be able to bless those things and, and pray over those things. And, and, and does that make sense? Like, we want to be the place and the church that you feel absolutely confident in giving your tithes and your offering to, that, that you are able to obey the Lord in that area, and that you have no qualms or no reservations about who you give money to. But if we're not that church, I want to know why. Is that fair? 
Like just give, just, just let me know. And, I, and I, man, we'll do everything we can to be the church. Now we're not going to like try to try to adjust who we are to to satisfy a crowd or anything like that. We've never been that way. In fact, I'm going to talk a little bit about the vision that God has laid us on laid on us as far as being a, a discipling church and that kind of thing today. Because and I want, but I, but I definitely want to know what the reason would be for anything like that. Is that fair? Is that cool? All right, cool deal, cool deal. See, because this week, you know, we talked about being a church that everybody know is known and they know that they are known. We talked about that last week. And this week, by the year 2020, and this is what we're talking about more, that we will be a church who makes disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. I've met with people this week that, uh, you know, said, hey, I went to a discipling class, but they never got taught what it meant to actually take it to somebody else. Like Jesus said in Matthew 28, did he not? He said to, to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to what? Obey. You got a lot of you guys. Like, like this is the part we miss as, as the American church. We forget this part. We stick somebody in a Bible study. We stick somebody in a study about discipleship without ever actually making them disciples I had some conversations with some dude this week and, and it was like the moms were blown because they were like wait a minute i gotta step into some pain to be a disciple wait 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 you know you know and it's it's, it's awesome I'm like yeah man but it's so worth it let's like, say like when we're in obedience to the lord it's so worth it so here's what i want to do kind of like what i did last week rather than saying we will be here's the language i want us to use we are a church that makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. I want you to write down on your bulletin before we get into the meat of the message. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. Not 2 Timothy 2.2. As our president-elect might say. But 2 Timothy 2.2, right? It's alright, I'm just playing. It's a little joke, nobody laugh, it's cool. It's funny to me. 2 Timothy 2.2, here's what Paul says. Paul says, hey, these things I have entrusted to you. You have heard me say, thank you for bringing that up. Sherry, you rock. Danger, you are the bomb.com. Because <laughs> I just, she, I, I go on the fly a lot. She's like, oh crap, here he goes again. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, right? I have taught these things to you in front of people in trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This is a pattern that you see over and over and over inscription in scripture don't let it in with you and what ed was talking about was like hey listen uh, those who have been released and trusted in our church to disciple other people in other words what you, you might not have said it this way yeah but you said let's go let's roll right like this is what jesus said for us to do let's let's do this cletus right that's what he said to do he goes and meet me back here and and i want us to be thinking about and challenging one another to do this and I love that, and I appreciate that, Ed, because in Acts 3 through 4, we see these visions that we're talking about, 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 about knowing everybody and knowing that they are known and making disciples who make disciples. It was a lifestyle for these guys. They didn't even think about it. It wasn't any radical thing that they did. They just did it. Now, listen to what they said in, in Acts 3, 7, starting in verse 17. And if you remember last week, we had this, had Peter and John came to this gate called Beautiful, this lame guy from birth started, they, they healed him and that kind of thing, and the whole, God healed him, and they, they, they put, totally put the credit on God, and he's out jumping around in the temple being totally disrespectful to the religious elite, and they're all freaking out, right? Now listen to what Peter says. He says, now, fellow Israelites, my homeboys, 
right? And homegirls. I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. Now, here's what he's saying. He ain't say, you stupid. He said, he, he didn't say, oh, he didn't point a pointed finger of anything. I know you are ignorant, right? He says, you are ignorant. These are, you don't know what you did. You don't understand. I'm going to explain it to you. But I, but I need to understand, like, help you understand. You acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. And he's talking specifically, and we'll talk about, he'll explain what he's talking about. But he's talking specifically about the Lord and what they did. And he kind of, kind of talked, about, talked to him about it, and we talked about it last week, too. And he says, so, so, so here's what we, like, we're trying to be the church, not, like, look like the church in early Acts, because they didn't have electricity they didn't have plumbing. You know, they, they, they met home to home. They met in the temple a lot, that kind of thing. We're not trying to look like them. We're trying to have the same heart that they had. Like, it's a heart that loves the Lord, and they were together. So what Ed was talking about. It's like, you guys are my family. It doesn't, I mean, it's like, we're tight. We're together. So he says, you know, in essence, we are a church that makes disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. And this starts now. You can start filling out your bulletins if you are. It starts now with obeying what we know now and allowing God to reveal more. Here's the, here's the thing. I've, I've had people say this. You've got you to know the Bible. All, I mean, you've got to really study the Bible, really study the Bible before you start obeying. It's like, no, no. Uh, you've got to start now with what you know. Amen? Like, if you know now that it's, uh, that it's important that we don't lie and that kind of thing, start making those, those things now. Like, be obedient to what you, what you know. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. See, but this is how God, from verse 18, is Peter continuing on. And I love this because Peter's been known to be kind of a coward, right? But now he's bold and, man, he's, he's not even afraid anymore. He's like, I saw a risen Christ, man. What do I got to be afraid of? But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through the prophets, saying that this Messiah, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then. Like, like, and, and, and turn to God. Like repentance is not, by the way, just feeling bad about something, right? But repentance, a genuine repentance is a turning away from that and turning to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you like a prophet from me, like a, pro- a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. And he's talking about Jesus, right? Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are, what? Heirs, Right? Like, like we inheritors of a kingdom, right? Like, and, and you are heirs of the prophets and the covenant, of, the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your, your wicked ways. Man, check out what Peter's doing here. He's calling it out. Remember what Ed was saying when people were like, hey, what'd you read? Dude, that's the same thing you read yesterday. That ain't gonna play. That ain't gonna play, man. Right? I mean, look what they did. So a disciple, listen, a disciple who makes disciples, who make disciples, must learn to lean in to fellow believers. Do not be afraid to do this. 
My brothers and sisters, it is an important thing. And then when I say lean in, I'm not talking about, oh, you're in sin. You're going to go straight to hell, man. No, I'm, I'm talking about, listen, I love you. This is what I see in you. This is what the word says. And I'm concerned for you. What are you going to do about that? I mean, I, it is amazing to me. Like if I was to like, like not tell people, like for example, if I'm, if I'm happy, now by the way, this has never happened in our entire life, but I've never committed like physical adultery with Judy. Never happened. But if you knew that was going on, you'd be in on me, right? Please be in on me. Like, like lean in on me, right? Like you'd be like, hey, bro, what are you doing here? If you knew I was, I was smoking crack or getting drunk, or like you would be like, hey, bro, let's deal with this. But, but if, if you knew, guys, and I'm, this is a confession time for me, if you knew that I wasn't taking a Sabbath the way I need to, you should be leaning in on me too, right? I need you guys to be leaning in on me. This I, I looked at my schedule. And I, you know, I've been battling, you guys know I've been battling allergies for like a month or so, and, and it's just, man, I haven't been able to really I mean, focus, and I feel like I've been like some post-concussion stuff. By the way, observing Sabbath is in the top ten, right? Along with murder, along with lying, along, right? All that stuff. If you knew I was a liar, you'd be like, dude, quit, you need to start telling the truth, bro. Or we're going to remove you, right? But here's the deal. I look back at my schedule, and you know, I, I work uh, you know, bi- I'm, I'm bivocational, so I, I have a, a full-time job as a pastor and a full-time job as a with a roofing company. I realized, and I'm like, why can't I shake this off? Like I'm exhausted all the time. I realized I have not had a day off in over three months. That's a sin, guys. And I want you guys to feel free to call me out on that. But I also want you to feel free to call each other out on that. Let me do that with you. Let you do that with me. It ain't the pastor's job, Amen. This is important. Guys, I feel more refreshed than I have once, I, once God revealed this to me. I've got a plan going. Right? I've actually made myself accountable to my disciple group. I sent there, said, hey, here's my issue. I'm, gotta, I'm working on a plan right now, and I'll have it for you on Monday. Because we do that. That's how we roll. Right? This is what we do. See, we've got to learn to lean in on our fellow believers, not so that we can be accusatory. This is what Jesus said. Hey, first plank the plank out of your own eye. Then you can deal with the speck in your brother's eye. He didn't say leave your brother alone. He didn't say, hey, you know what, real reason. You know, don't, don't even worry about that. I've heard people preach that's wrong, absolutely wrong. Like we do have this idea where we are to teach one another what it means to obey. Amen? It's important. I know it's radical. I know it's weird. We have had people even say, man, you guys are like a cult or something. <laughs> really? I would say that anybody that does what Jesus said not to do is a cult. Right? Well, what's the definition of a cult? You got a, like a charismatic leader, somebody says, hey, do it my way, don't worry about the Bible, we'll tell you what it says, right? right? I mean, how many, how many of us in the American church actually suffer from that? It's a lot, because we don't actually make disciples. See how that works? It's pretty amazing, man, and it's pretty scary when you start thinking about that. And I don't want to freak anybody out and everything like that, like, oh, man, what's going on here? No, that's just what people say. Because I'll talk about that here in a second. See, in Acts 4, 1 through 31, the, the priest, remember I talked about the religious people that Jesus had a real problem with, right? The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the, and the Sadducees, these religious elite people, these people that would be the condemning folks, the people that you got to do it our way. You got to do what, do what uh, the, yeah, here, here, we got these rules for you to make sure that you take, like you do the right stuff, right? They were greatly disturbed. 
They came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, not us. Right? Oh, they're saying something, but they're not listening to us. Proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And there's a whole lot of theological things about what they believed about the resurrection, that kind of thing we'll get into. But they didn't like it, right? They didn't like what they were saying. And they seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. See, we're a church that makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And the traditional models of church will resist it. They will resist it. See, many of us, and this is one of the things that I, that I love, this is one of my passions, is to help people unlearn. Like we, Many of us must unlearn what we think discipleship is, what we think church is, what we think being a follower is. I'm just saying be ready for the resistance because it's coming. Right? When we talked about last week, this is a war we're fighting. And I love this, man. I love that we have the honor and the privilege of being God's warriors. Like, like if you are actually teaching, like it's so rare in our country that if you're actually teaching people to obey Jesus and teaching them how to teach people to obey Jesus and, we, and you make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, you're in the upper echelon of the rank of God's military. And it's awesome. It's wonderful to be there because that's what we're called to do. But it's so rare that people look at us like, that's so radical. Man, I remember meeting with a pastor one time, and he says, man, I had a, I had a, I had a small group for eight years. It was awesome, man. I'm like, well, what happened? What did they do? What, why don't you meet anymore? He said, well, we've kind of moved and everything disbanded. And I said, well, wait a second. I said, did you ever teach anybody to actually obey Jesus? It's like, like I was talking a foreign language to the guy, right? He's like, man, I don't think we ever did. And it's so rare, and it was, it was like so, everybody was so impressed, man, that's good, and it's not good, right? Because if we, we could we could have Bible studies, we could have small groups, man, beautiful, but ultimately what we want to do is funnel people into making disciples. And Ed's world got rocked, man, right, at that discipleship conference. It did. It's awesome. But that's who we are. See, verse 4, but many who heard the message, what? Say it again with me. Say, man, well, there's all this resistance, right? They're coming after us, man. They're coming. Like, like, like these guys that were, that were willing to, to step out in courage and, and against the established church. See, everybody's got a problem with the established church nowadays, don't we? I mean, everybody does. I'm like, man, you know, church people is that and the other. Man, I got, I got brought up in church and I had all this kind of stuff and I don't even want nothing to do with it anymore. Man, if you, had, if you could be truly introduced to Jesus, you and him would agree. It's amazing. And when he says to do this, man, he goes, there is going to be resistance. But, but, but many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about, there is no 5,000 people because of their courage. They looked at these guys like, wow. I mean, they're looking at this guy that was, that was like lame from, lame from birth, and he's now walking around and jumping around, being totally disrespectful and sacrilegious in the temple, right? I would be too. I'd be doing my happy dance. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas. I think that's how you pronounce that. Anybody got a better pronouncement? All right, we'll go with Caiaphas. You guys are quiet this morning, man. You can talk to me, man. It's cool. Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the others of the high priest's family they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, right? By, by what power 
Or what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with who? The Holy Spirit. Come on, man. Said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are now being asked, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Peter ain't playing. He called it out. He's leaning into his homies, right? You catch what he's doing? He's not messing around. That's three. I said homies three times. I was told last night I could only say it three times in a message. Okay. I was counting. You guys are so critical. I, heard, I saw the three go up. I'm like, ah, oh, gang symbol? No. Edge, man, edge your tongue. I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I just saw that. I'm like. Then know this. I love our church, boy. We have fun. We ain't playing around neither, right? Then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth who you crucified but whom God raised from the dead, and this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. This is a prophecy from the Old Testament, which Jesus fulfilled over 300 of. Man, this is amazing, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation, listen, he's given the gospel message. This is the good news. He does this. This is what happens in discipling. People think, oh, I got to go save people and, and dunk people and everything, and that's our job. No, man, they're discipling people. They're leaning into people. They're helping people understand their sin and where they're, all, where they're off target from God's call and God's standard. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which must be saved. See, we are a church that makes disciples, who make disciples, who makes disciples. And without discipleship, true evangelism can't happen. Because it's only part of the process. Having somebody pray a prayer that they accept Jesus and dunking them and leaving them there is wrong. Because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you've got to complete the process. You've got to teach them how to do this. You've got to teach them what it means. You've got to teach them what it means. I mean, you've got to show them what it means. You've got to entrust to reliable people how to do this. And when they saw the courage of Peter, this is what they saw. Like they were bold in this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were, oh, I love this. I love this, man. Unschooled, ordinary. Man, people, how many people say, man, I gotta, man, I gotta learn stuff before I start doing this. Man, they're unschooled, ordinary men. Like you, like me. I love that. Like, like they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They're like, no, no real degree, I see. Right? They talk with a funny accent. And they've been with Jesus. Right? See, we're a church that makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And we don't need seminary to do this. I'm not anti-seminary like our soon-to-be youth pastor, Kyle C. Watson. Is, right? He says, that's cemetery. I'm not that way, man. If somebody call, is called to go to seminary, man, I'm, I'm totally awesome with that, right? Not against it at all, but here's the deal, man. You don't need to get a seminary degree to start making disciples. You need to be obedient to Jesus Christ. 
I need to be obedient to Jesus Christ. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, here's a transformed life, right? And that's why discipleship works. It's, it's lives that are transformed. Like there's no denying this. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say, right? So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? Oh, my God. And they're teaching. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. We cannot deny this transformed life. I've heard people say all the time, well, there's a lot of ways to disciple people. And I was like, yeah, I know there is. Um, but how many transformed lives have you seen? I'm not talking about people that have more knowledge than they used to. I'm not, people, I'm not talking about people that just stopped drinking because Jesus said to quit drinking. I'm talking about people that have absolutely had a transformed life. Like they are brown to green. Dead to alive. Sick to healed. What are we going to do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it, but to stop this thing from spreading any further, we can't have everybody healed, and what are they going to do with us, right? We must warn them to speak to no longer to anyone in his name, in this name. And they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. At all in the name of Jesus. Don't do that. Don't talk about Jesus now. Not out there. Don't do that, right? You're talking about people that are all of a sudden losing their grip on their power. Man. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about We can't help it. Man, I'd love, man, if I could stop and all you guys would stop it. Man, I can't help it. I have to. It's in me. It's coming out. Right? As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. See, we're a church that makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And we obey God first. And I'll tell you this, I'll vow to this, man, I think in my lifetime, in our lifetime, a lot of our lifetimes, Sunday morning, church, to, to, to share the truth, man, it's going to be illegal. And to say things that go against a culture may become considered hate speech. And I'm not saying that we need to go out and go, oh, yeah, no, 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 I'm talking about, here's the truth of God. There is no other way to heaven. And the only guy that ever that said that, the only guy, the one guy that said that, a lot of people have said that throughout history. But here's the only guy who fulfilled 300 prophecies and rose from the freaking dead. I'm going to follow him. And so if I'm in jail, I'll preach from there. Is that cool? Will you come visit me? Awesome. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together 
in prayer to God. They, they got together, right? One of the reasons why I sincerely believe that we have such a passionate gathering on Sunday mornings is because we're, we're trying to kill it on Monday through Saturday, trying to make disciples, trying to fight this war. There's some of us in here and that are just getting hammered. And to get together is so refreshing. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of the Israel in the, in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great, say it with me, boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Man, see, we have this rhythm in our church that I, that I noticed as I'm reading this passage several things the early church has a rhythm of up praise to god in gathering together and out going and sharing the good news and discipling people and the early church has a jesus is lord mindset if we don't have it we're nothing he's our boss he's our lord where he goes we go just like that that's old school rap reference right there y'all after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Man, here's what I want us to be thinking about this morning. Where am I scared? See, what Ed was telling me before this morning, the reason he hasn't started a disciple group, the reason he hasn't started leaning into people, the reason is, abs- is fear. But perfect love casts out all fear, doesn't it? If we have a love of Christ shown throughout the century, like we're still talking about this guy, right? There's something to this. And so I want us to be thinking about like, where am I afraid? Where am I? And and guys, there are some of us that are hurt by people in the church. And I'm just going to encourage you not to let somebody who has been a stupid person in the name of Jesus, affect your relationship with Jesus. Like, like follow him. Like, whatever's gone on, man, man, like, yeah. That's gone, that's done, that's, that's, that's man-made. That has nothing to do with us. That has nothing to do with God. Deal with those things and follow God the way he said to follow him. Is that, can, we, can we agree to that? Amen? Father, man, we love you. And I thank you, Lord, for reminding me that I can only say homie three times in one message. Here's the thing, Lord. Man, some of us in here have resisted being discipled because somebody simply asked a question and they got mad. Lord, we, it, it, it's, it, it's painful sometimes to step into learning where we are 
And just like what Ed said, man, he is a jacked up dude, man. And I'm a jacked up dude. And we got a bunch of jacked up dudes and dudettes that need you. We're all messed up. But through you, we're perfected. Through you, we're sanctified. And we need to teach people what it means to be your disciple. Who makes disciples? Who make disciples? Father, may you guide us in that and consume us with your Holy Spirit fire. It is in your son's amazing and awesome and beautiful name. All God's people in the house said with great enthusiasm, amen.